This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Solar Power World's monthly podcast, Contractor's Corner. You know me, I'm editor and host Kelly Pickerel. I've got some exciting news before we get started today. Contractor's Corner has its first sponsorship. So today's podcast is sponsored by DuPont. For over 40 years, DuPont PV materials have delivered proven performance and lasting value. You can find more information on DuPont's involvement in the PV industry at DuPont.com. So thanks again to DuPont for sponsoring today's Contractor's Corner podcast. So let's get right into it. For this June 2018 edition of Contractor's Corner, we are talking with Fred Greenhalgh. He is Creative Service Director for Revision Energy based in Portland, Maine. So nice to have you here today, Fred. It's really great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So I'm especially excited to learn more about the Maine solar market because I don't often hear too much about that. So maybe you could get started telling us a little bit about how Revision Energy got its start. Sure. And, and also a preface that was, you know, so Maine is, is like the most northeastern state in the nation, not always a place people think of as a, as a solar hub, but you know, just a sort of quick, you know, fun facts. We often point to Germany as being a world leader in solar, and we actually get a full third more sunshine here in Maine. And we have a sort of a state that has a real rugged, independent streak and, and just a real uh, wonderful outdoors culture and, and relatively high electric rates. So you have those three factors, a you know, good, good solar resource, um, a good culture fit for solar and expensive electricity, and you have a solar market. So honestly, why we're in Maine is because the founders love Maine. And uh, well, the, one of the earliest founders, Bill Barron, he worked uh, as part of MIT and the Limits to Growth Project back in the 70s, this sort of keystone environmental study. And what, you know, sort of what he witnessed in the academic world at the time was you know, pretty dire. Um, and he decided to sort of uh, use his career not in academia, but in an in industry where he could do something about the findings of, of that research. And that got him into green building, that got him into efficiency, uh, sort of uh, passive solar homes. And Ultimately, the emerging area of photovoltaics, you know, flash forward almost 30 years. Uh, in the early 2000s, the two additional founding partners, uh, Fortunat Mueller, who's an engineer, uh, Phil Coop is more on the uh, sales and marketing side. They kind of coincidentally came to Maine and, and um, met Bill and another partner, uh, Pat, at the time. And, uh, you know, Phil and Fortunat are like, hey, we want to talk about solar. And Bill and Pat said, you know, you two should talk to each other. And long story short, they all ended up becoming business partners and starting what became Revision Energy. And it was really at that point in time, you know, a couple guys in a garage that has now uh, turned into this really regional, you know, superpower in, in solar. Yeah, definitely. You guys are pretty big today. Uh, I think you have around 250 employees. So what kind of projects are you working on and, and where are you working? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's been a struggle to get uh, policy to open up uh, the, the bigger part of the market, like we would love to get into more sort of solar farms and, and big scale stuff, but but we, it is starting to happen. There's some interesting sort of distributed grid experimental projects happening. Of course, the residential solar market is our bread and butter, and that's still going strong. You know, even with sort of some shakeups to net metering policy, the you know the package for a consumer uh, remains quite good. And and actually, there's been some pretty significant utility rate hikes in our in the last year or two, so that any sort of monkeying with net metering policy gets canceled out when electric rates go up. So the, the residential market's great. 
And then we're doing you know, more and more big projects, I'd say like the sort of mid 50 to 150 kilowatt small commercial-ish range is a really exciting area for us right now. So honestly, we're kind of doing a little bit of everything. We're also doing new technologies. We just got into commercial LED uh, retrofits because that complements solar really well. Um, we're doing a lot of EV uh, electric vehicle infrastructure projects. Um, and of course, we also do a lot of uh, heating systems, uh, heat pumps and, and water heating. So we're kind of honestly doing a little bit of everything <laughs> um, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are you working elsewhere besides just Maine? Uh, yeah, we're Maine, New Hampshire. And we yeah, we did open last fall officially in Massachusetts. So we're kind of uh, north and west of Boston. So that's you know, sort of a good geographic reach for us. It's a, a very different world because, of course, in Massachusetts, you're going from two of the sort of smaller solar markets to one of the more mature ones. So it's been uh, an interesting fit. But we, we found that there's still a place for Vision Energy there because even though there's you know plenty of other solar contractors, what we have to say about ourselves being an employee-owned B Corp business really re- does resonate with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being an employee-owned company, what does that mean for your solar customers? Well, I mean, it means that like literally everybody is an owner and they and acts and thinks like an owner. Um, and that's sort of always been baked in the DNA of the company. I mean, going back, I joined the company close to 10 years ago when we were only 20 people at the time. You know, the, 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 the culture and the, the, you know, the, the owners really tried to have it be a very flat org chart kind of organization and to have people in every role, you know, within reason have some sort of, you know, an entrepreneurial spirit and the ability to solve problems. So that's something that as you get to be a 250 person company, it's sort of harder because you know, when you're small, you can just sort of be very selective and, you know, and, and it's sort of easy to hold on to that kind of culture. It gets harder as you scale. Mm-hmm. But part of the employee ownership is that encouraging that mentality that going a little bit out of your way to go solve a problem for that customer now, even though it's slightly inconvenient, you're, you have a stake in making that happen. And for, from a customer point of view, it's really a heightened level of customer service. We've always done this, but we also have all our own crew, uh, installation crew, as well as the you know office crew. So we, we have a very unified customer experience where every single person you're talking to during your project is actually uh, not just an employee of Revision Energy, but actually an partial owner of Revision Energy. So everybody you talk to has a real stake in your happiness. Uh, and, and honestly, that's why we're around and why we've grown is Customer referrals are, you know, the strongest part of our business. So, so it all it all ties together in a great customer experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, you also mentioned that Revision is a certified B corporation. So, why is that important? When you're a smaller company, you can just sort of be these things and not sort of have the the, the titles. But a B corp means that the you've actually been certified by an external organization, the the B Labs, to be a B corp, which is sort of like an organic certification, but for your business. And that pertains to how you treat your workers, how you treat the environment, you know, the waste stream chain of your business and all those sorts of things. Um, And we also do a huge amount of stuff in the community. We just had a pretty significant project, Amicus Solar Cooperative. Um, A bunch of people teamed up to build solar trailers that were sent to Puerto Rico. And we gave sort of material support to that. We lent out use of our warehouse. Uh, One of our employee owners actually went with the trailers, escorted them all the way to Puerto Rico, helped them get deployed. So all that sort of social change stuff, is it's baked into what we do. It's why we are in solar to begin with. Um, the B Corp just sort of like validates that that sort of social mission is, is in fact baked into the organization. 
uh, you know, when you're getting nine solar quotes, we want to be the people who you just love what we're doing so much. To some extent, customers almost assume competence at this point. It's not always true, but generally, you know, many people can actually technically successfully install solar panels. But like, do you want to be part of all the changes that Revision Energy is leading in that positive social change, positive policy change, creating a, a model where employees part of the equity of their work, and and that that message really resonates with our customers and and has led to you know quite a bit of success for us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you mentioned your work with Amicus Solar Cooperative, and I've I've seen it's kind of been a trend this year that a lot of uh, <laughs> solar installers across the nation are kind of joining in with that. So. Um, what all does that membership provide you? Yeah, I mean, there's a very sort of technical benefit, which is the uh, group buying purchasing power benefit. So it allows us to have sort of the purchasing volume as if we were a big, you know, top five national solar company without actually being one. So as a regional solar installer who has all that local expertise and deep, deep rooted connections to the community, uh, we can have all that, but also have buying power that is as if we were a national company. So that's a really useful strategic benefit. And it's also an awesome community of uh, members. And so there's a lot of sort of uh, best practice sharing. Mm-hmm. It's really great that like you are joining with basically competitors and just kind of coming together as a family, a nationwide family to just promote solar. Yeah, I mean, there's because of the way we're geographically split up, there, it hasn't been a huge issue. It probably will be more as yeah. more people <laughs> join. But but I mean, I think uh, what I always say is that like, yes, we go into every now and again going to battle over a, a quote. But the the competitor is not another solar company. The competitor is you know the status quo. The the competitor is Trump bailing out coal plants, right? Like. Um, not changing to solar is the competitor. So mm-hmm. like if somebody has a bad experience with an incompetent solar contractor, even if we have a chance to sort of help bail them out later, that person still has sort of a sour taste in their mouth for solar. And, and how many people are they going to go around and say, oh, yeah, solar doesn't work. I had this thing installed and blah, 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 blah. But actually, they just had a bad experience with an incompetent contractor, which can happen in any industry. So they're starting to get a little bit more mainstream. But, you know, I think it, there really is a responsibility for everybody doing work in solar to do the excellent work that shows how great this technology is because there's still enough of that public skepticism that if you uh, you do a bad job, you know, it hurts everybody. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, the solar markets where you're working. I know that Massachusetts is yeah. pretty well established. So how does it compare to Maine and, and to New Hampshire? So I, uh, one of my primary jobs is working on all our digital content. And, you know, in Maine and New Hampshire, you still have to put a fair amount of effort into, like, convincing people that solar is a good idea um, at all. Uh, whereas in Massachusetts, you don't need to, to do that. People know what solar is. There's enough market awareness of what solar is. So what we need to do instead is talk about why solar uh, revision energy would be the solar contractor of choice. You know, people have all had their doors knocked on by the big national companies, um, and they've gotten the, the hard sales pitch, and that worked for a certain portion of the market, and there's other people who, that turned them off. I mean, some of them do actually want solar, but they had sort of, you know, a bit of a sour taste in their mouth after that experience, but then they're willing to talk to us, and we go at it from a very different approach of, well, you know, we're here to solve problems, and we take sort of a whole house approach. We talk about complementary systems like heat pumps and uh, water heating, you know, battery storage has become very hot. And we, and we talk like, you know, employee ownership, B Corp, all the social values. So, so we're talking more about 
who we are and how we can solve the customer's problems and less about, you know, why would you even consider to go solar? Because they, they understand solar. They have, they, they're more likely to have neighbors who have gone solar. Uh, unlike Maine and New Hampshire, where very often the person you're meeting with, it's the first time they've ever even thought about the system and the technology. Mm-hmm. So there's probably a lot more education. Are you doing any like open houses or things like that in like Maine to kind of get the word out about solar? Yeah, it's amazing how often it's still sort of like very 101 kind of stuff. And so for me, for someone who's been writing, you know, online content for 10 years, it's sort of like, are we still talking about <laughs> do they work, you know, when there's snow on them? And are we still talking about this and that? That's what we are here to do and here to answer. So I've always thought of my my job is not really a marketing job, it's an education job. So, you know, in the digital sphere, you know, we have something like 2,000 pages of content on our website. In in the real world, we do tons of events um, at, yeah, open houses, at customers' houses. Uh, we go to, you know, libraries. We go, we're doing some fun ones where we go to like a brewery and have a sort of more like a after hours sort of Q&A, more relaxed kind of format stuff. You know, we go to a lot of farmers markets and and sort of outdoor fun events this time of year now that it's actually beautiful in our state we don't do sort of traditional marketing per se in terms of like big tv or radio buys you know one we don't have the the money for it and two it doesn't really work so what we really do is just very organic get out to people where people who are you know likely to be interested in solar are um you know outdoor enthusiasts, environmental people, um, and then just talk to them about how great the technology is. And then that starts hopefully a conversation about doing it at their house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Sometimes I get a little tired of writing the <laughs> same stories yeah, I know. <laughs> year after year. <laughs> um, so what is some solar progress that you're kind of seeing in your areas? Um, I think I read that Revision completed the first megawatt scale projects in Maine just last year. Yeah, yeah, and I I'm not sure we get to claim they were the first megawatt ever in Maine. Cause I think there was um there was a big one at Bowdoin College that may beat us by a couple of years, but it was definitely our first ones. The first ones that were there were actually two. It was kind of funny because we had built our largest system ever, and like the next month built our largest system ever and beat that previous record um, <laughs> all in the end of 2017. So it was it was a great year for us. And, the, and these are projects that you know I think took you know m- many years of of development because. Uh, again, because of some sort of fundamentals, the main market um, you know, took some time to incubate. Um, in one case, it was um, a landfill project uh, for the city of South Portland, Maine. Um, and we're hoping to uh, build, there's a twin system, sister, a sister system planned for the sister city of Portland, Maine. Um, supposed to be get, getting, done, getting built this year. Um, the, the one that we did at the, the other megawatt plus project we did was at a place called Brunswick Landing, which is a pretty neat project because it was, it's on the site of a former uh, naval air base. Um, and that property, uh, when the Navy left, they've really been, uh, you know, had a pretty uh, sensible plan for economic redevelopment. They've done some really good things there doing that. And we were kind of excited that solar got to be part of that. So um, that solar actually doesn't go to the public grid. There's a microgrid on that property, um, and they already had a, like a biogas digester thing. They have other ways of getting electricity, um, but they really, you know, they're becoming this really strong um, economic hub. Um, there's a microbrewery in there. We just did an EV charging um, project for, I believe there's a data center on that property. 
I think what's really interesting is in Maine, there's also on the grid side of things, the utility companies keep wanting to build these like major, big infrastructure, like back, you know, backbone projects. And we keep arguing that these decentralized, very tactical distributed generation facilities are a much better way to develop the grid of the future. And we've had a governor um, and a PUC that has been more or less complete opponents on every level on that, but we're still making progress. So given that we're going to have a new governor, um, you know, regardless of, of exactly what happens in the fall, we're going to have the power dynamic in Maine is going to change completely um, because the way the policy is, has shaped up the way it has, has been because we've had a anti-renewables governor and then a enough of a uh, part of the house that was anti-renewables to sort of block anything. And so regardless of what happens and how, which letter gets voted where, um, that, that particular power dynamic will shift, meaning that we might actually have a chance at getting some actual interesting policy. Like we, we would love to see more like market-based policies where solar is actually allowed to compete and you can have a, you know, a distributed solar project compete against big transmission project and show how, you know, solar plus batteries plus you know, smart electronics can be a, a much more intelligent way to build the grid of the future. So that that's what we're hoping to see, because I think that's actually what gets us most excited is that solar is sort of the, the tip of the spear in terms of creating a, you know, an, an ecosystem. Once solar adds on, you know, things like batteries, things like smart electronics, things like uh, converting heating systems from fossil fuels to uh, electricity, that opens up a whole other dimension to it. And then also a lot of transportation stuff. You know, Maine is an area, rural area, lots and lots of transportation needs. You know, revolutionizing all of that by conversion to electricity is, is super exciting. I was wondering, what are your customers asking about energy storage? Are they interested in it? Absolutely. Once, you know, what happens to energy storage is what, you know, the same as what happened to solar in the 2010 to 2011 era. Like, once we start to get that price point where it's competitive with like a propane generator, I mean, we'll be selling one with every single system. Yeah, the, the interest is sort of ahead of where the product is, but like, you know, Maine has bad winters, uh, no surprise. And people have thought about power outages as generally a winter event, um, and we do have them, it's pretty common. But we had an event last fall, sort of out of the blue, there's like a little microburst thing. You know, we have a lot of trees in our state and it just knocked out uh, parts of the state were out for up to 10 days in the middle of October. Now, that was an event that if you had solar plus storage, you really didn't need a generator because there was, uh, once the storm blew through, there was plenty of sun. But then all our grid-tied customers were fairly bummed out because their their system was offline. And and they all, you know, would love to have batteries. At the current price point, it's a bit of a, it's still a bit of a tough sell. More and more people are doing it. You know, we sold, I, I want to say, seven to eight times as many last year as we did the year before. That trend will probably continue. So, it's, yeah, I think there's a point not so far from now where storage goes with like at least 50%, if not 80% of solar installations, just because consumers like it, period. Okay, yeah. So what do you think it will take to increase solar adoption in Maine? Do you think it's more of just policy and just government support? Yeah, I mean, it's not even support so much as getting out of the way. Maine, you know, currently has a worst in the country gross metering. So in Maine, it uniquely has a policy where you will get charged from the utility 10% fee on power you produce behind the meter. You know, Nevada was terrible because they sort of completely outlawed net metering. And this this wasn't quite as destructive because the financial part for customers hasn't changed as much. 
But from a philosophically, the idea that the utility has any business getting a profit from what you produce behind the meter is insane. And that only sort of got through because there was, you know, frankly, quite a bit of ignorance on the part of the House that was ultimately the final decision maker because there was so much pressure from the governor um, and a lot of misinformation being bandied about. And, uh, you know, we lost like, literally one vote to override the governor's veto. Like, this is how bad it is that we can't even get, like, a, a, a bill that uh, would have saved, you know, $2 million. Yeah, basically, we need, to, we, we need to sort of move into a position of, like, actually having an intelligent discussion about what pol- energy policy looks like. Honestly, uh, we'd love to not be part of politics. We'd like to just have a market we can compete in. Um, but it seems like because solar is such a uniquely disruptive product, um, there are still you know, there are a lot of people who aren't as thrilled about um, the democratization of energy. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's just going to take a little bit more time for things to kind of even out, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel it's sort of like, like the record industry in Napster, right? Because uh, I, 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 you know, I'm 35 now. I, I remember that I was in high school when I got banned from Napster because <laughs> I had downloaded a Metallica album. And, uh, I, you know, I hated Metallica. I, I, at the time, I owned every single one of their albums, and I never bought anything from them ever again. And you saw <laughs> that happen where the record industry, right, they went after Napster, they went after online streaming, and they thought that was like the preferred approach was to, you know, the entrenched industry took a, a litigious attack on the disruptive new industry. And now look who's the number one person in music, Apple. So, you know, right. um, that's how I feel it's going to go for the, the publicly owned utilities. They, they're going to fight now, um, but ultimately the future belongs to us. Mm-hmm. It's a <laughs> very good <laughs> comparison. Uh, so maybe we could wrap up. What, what's uh, Revision Energy's plan for the next few years? What do you guys want to accomplish? Ooh, well, as you know, saving the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to grow in a way that is smart for us so that we have um, all the things that make Revision great, able to be the same thing at a larger scale because we are very serious about our mission of moving to a 100% renewable energy-powered grid. And many of those components to that that makes sense for us we want to do so you know solar is the cornerstone of our company it's what we were built on um, but that also extends to things like i mentioned led lighting electric vehicle charging so we're going to continue to do you know grow in all those areas what's kind of fun about having the geographic reach is that there are you know like talk about solar storage being in a market like massachusetts where it's just a little bit more with the times we get to figure out how to make the model work for something like a big, say, a, you know, we want to do load shaving on a big, you know, manufacturing facility. Uh, we might be able to make the economics of that work in Massachusetts, perfect how that kind of project works. And then by the time uh, Maine is, has caught up to where Massachusetts was, we as a company have mastered that and we don't have to sort of learn it brand new. So we're doing a lot of, you know, using the way the different state markets work to sort of improve our craft for the benefit of all our customers across the geographic reach. So, yeah, and, and you know, the, the weird part about having a difficult policy environment in Maine is that we've had to fight really hard. And, and through that fight, we've actually made a lot of friends you know, and built a really strong coalition amongst other uh, people, uh, you know, both other solar installers, environmental groups, uh, you know, municipalities and others. So there's actually, you know, once the tide turns for us a little bit, I think you're going to see some really expansive stuff happens you might i would love to see like sort of what you see come out of maine solar policy be ahead of the country instead of behind the country because there's such a pent-up demand you know there's a lot of people who are really really excited for us to be taking it to the next level so 
Uh, we just want to be in a good spot for when that happens. There is a, a lot of work to be done yet. Uh, we're still at 1% penetration. We want to be at 100%. So. <laughs> it's a good plan. <laughs> well, thanks, yeah. Fred, for talking with me today. It was really great getting to know Maine and Revision Energy. We'll come up sometime and uh, buy a lobster roll. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. SolarPowerWorldOnline.com. See you back here next month.